Andy Dwyer, Peter Owen, sorry, not Peter Owen, Peter Quill, Owen Grady, and Star-Lord, the Marvel Avenger. Does anyone know which actor I'm referring to? Anyone? Chris Pratt. That's right, Chris Pratt. Back in 2018, Chris Pratt won the MTV Generation Award, which, get this, it's hilarious. It's a lifetime achievement honor for those who have a lot of life left to live. <laughs> oh, man. In his acceptance speech in front of millions of viewers, he decided to share his nine rules or principles on living, and this is what he said. Uh, this being the Generation Award, I'm going to cut to the chase, and I'm going to speak to you the next generation. I accept the responsibility as your elder, so listen up. <laughs> uh, now, as much as he was his usual humorous self saying things like, uh, breathe, if you don't, you'll suffocate. <laughs> uh, or if you want to give your dog medicine, put it in a little bit of piece of hamburger, they'll never know they're eating medicine. Uh, and he even shared a rule on how to go number two at a party without stinking up the washroom. As much as he did funny things like that, he actually, he actually shared some principles that fly in the face of our culture today. For example, instead of saying, look out for yourself because no one else will, he said, reach out to someone else in pain. Be of service. It feels good and it's good for your soul. And instead of saying, if God made you in his image, why aren't you invisible? Uh, he said, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe it. I do. And instead of saying success is the result of hard work and perfection, he said, you are imperfect. You always will be. But there is a powerful force that designs you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you'll have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for by someone else's blood. He said that. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. And if you were to give a similar sort of speech, you know, your nine rules or principles on living, what kind of things would you say? I asked this question on Facebook this past week, and uh, here are a few answers that came in. Justin said, uh, leave a place better than you found it. Uh, Marie said, not my circus, not my monkey. See a big head nod from her? Right on. Uh, Lita said, we repeat what we don't repair. Tim said, always be an addition, never be a subtraction. And Rain said, a fruitful life is a life on purpose. Aren't those great? I mean, those are great principles to live by. Uh, but how about these ones? Never lick a steak knife. It's <laughs> good advice, right? Or if you look like your passport picture, you'll probably need that trip. Or never say anything to a woman that even remotely suggests that you think they're pregnant unless they say something first. <laughs> right? Uh, or how about this one? Uh, the one thing that unites all human beings, regardless of age, background, gender, religion, economic status, or ethnic background, is that deep down inside, we all believe that we're good drivers. <laughs> How does that work, right? Uh, well, we may not all have the opportunity to give a speech like Chris Pratt did. The fact of the matter is that we all lead our lives according to some sort of set of principles, right? Like some of them are known, 
Others are unknown. Some of them are conscious. Other of them are kind of underneath the surface. So that's what we're going to be digging in today as we continue our series on Psalm 23. We're not going to be talking about our rules or our principles for living. We're, we're going to be talking about Jesus's. Well, last week when we dug into verse 2, uh, we talked about how Jesus shepherds us. Well, when we open up verse 3 today, we're going to see how Jesus leads us. For when we view our relationship between us and Jesus through this lens and symbolism of the sheep and the shepherd, us as sheep and Jesus as our shepherd, we're going to see how it is that he leads us as our shepherd. Today we're going to see how he leads us with love, wisdom, and integrity. So let's read from the beginning of Psalm 23, uh, and then we will zoom in on verse 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He renews my life. And he leads me along the right paths for his namesake. All right, so how does Jesus lead us? That's the question that we're going to be tackling today. How does Jesus lead us? Well, the first way is that he leads us with love. Now take a look at the beginning of verse 3 in three different translations. In the CSB that we read from today, it reads, he renews my life. Okay, now in the NLT, check this out, it says he renews my strength. And in the ESV, it says he restores my soul. Perhaps that's how you're familiar with this psalm. Now originally I was planning on talking about how the good shepherd is like a good physician who cares for all of us, right? All of us here at our West Campus, at our Bonnie Dune Campus, our Fire to Lose Campus, Southwest Campus, and everyone online, right? That he cares for each and every one of us, our souls, our hearts, our past, our present, our future, our all, and our everything. And that his desire for each and every one of us is wholeness. I recognize that some of you here are dealing with the death of a loved one recently. And I want to tell you that Jesus cares for you. He hasn't forgotten you. He is with you. He is your shepherd who loves you. And he wants you to be whole. He wants you to be redeemed, to be restored, to be renewed. All that is true, right? And, and we could spend the rest of our time talking about how that is true of Jesus and how that would be true of us if we follow Jesus. But here's the interesting thing. When I looked into the Hebrew uh, for that word renew, I actually found something different. That word in Hebrew is shuv, which stands for return or repent. Now we read, you know, he renews my soul, he restores my soul, he renews my life, he renews my strength. But in the Hebrew, it's return or repent. Now what does that mean? Now, contextually, if you think about this psalm, and this psalm is about sheep and shepherding, it'd, it'd be reasonable to assume that if a sheep gets lost, it's their responsibility to return, right? It's their responsibility to shuv because it's the sheep that made the mistake, Right, you're the one who got lost, so you're the one who better make your way back. You've got to return back to the fold. But when you examine the grammar of this word, that's actually not what David here is talking about. 
He's not putting the ownership on the sheep to return. He's actually, shuv in this context isn't an action that you do, it's an action that is done for you or that is done to you. In other words, in this context, if a sheep gets lost, it's not the sheep's responsibility to return, it's the shepherd's responsibility to return the sheep. That's who Jesus is. If you ever get lost, you might feel like you're all alone, but Jesus, our good shepherd, sees you. Jesus, our good shepherd, knows you. He's looking for you and lost ones in your lives, and he will go and not, like, he will go to every extent to bring that lost sheep back home. That's just who he is. And, and he does this because he knows, yes, sheep are unable to find their way home themselves. He, he knows that about us, that we get confused and we get lost and um, a lot of different motivations and there are a lot of different things in our lives that can distract us, right? Like Jesus knows how distractible we are as sheep, but that's not why Jesus returns us. He does it because he leads with love. He does it because he loves you, because he loves us. You know, this reminds me of a story that one time I ran away from home. I was in a fight with my mom and she had caught me lying. I'd been lying quite a bit and she caught me red-handed and I was like she was laying down consequence after consequence after consequence and, and I just couldn't hold it. I couldn't take it. So I, I just got up and I ran. Like I w- went out the door. I didn't have my wallet. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know where I was going. I just couldn't handle the tension and the fight. So I just ran. And I didn't know if my mom was following me from behind or if she got in her car and was going to chase after me. And so I like did the whole football, like left, right, left, right, like went into a park and went into an alleyway of a house and this crossed one neighborhood to another because I just didn't want her to find me. And as I kept on running, I was like, where am I running to? Where am I going? And I was like, you know what, it's Friday after school, I'm just going to go to the mall. So I ran, it was about 30 minute run to the mall. I finally got there and I was like, no, seriously, Daniel, what are you going to do? Can't go back home now. I didn't feel like I could. So I started panhandling. I didn't have any money. I started asking for money because I was like, you know, maybe I should call some of my friends. Maybe they'll pick me up. Maybe they'll help out. So I panhandled, got some money. And, and some of you are like, wait, you have to pay to make a phone call? <laughs> and yes, you know, I had to memorize phone numbers because you had to memorize phone numbers. There was a day when you had to do that. And I, I got enough money to make some phone calls and I called one of my friends and he didn't pick up. And I called another person and he didn't pick up. And I called one of my ex-girlfriends and she didn't pick up either. Uh, and then I was like, what can I call? I was like down to my last quarter and I called my youth pastor. He picked up and he said, I, I told him everything that, that went on and everything that was happening. And he was like, Daniel, you know what, just come. Just come to the church. It's Friday night youth group. Just come and we'll figure it out. Now, if you know anything about Vancouver, I was in West Vancouver and the church was in Surrey. It's like an hour and a half transit ride. Uh, if at the, at the, the shortest amount of time. So I, got enough, I panhandled again because I didn't have any money. Uh, and then I got enough money to take one bus and then another bus and then a SkyTrain and then another bus. And I finally made my way to the church. And you know what? It was so wonderful. I, I, I completely forgot what had happened. And then the end of the night came about and I got into the youth pastor's car and, and in my mind I had it all worked out. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to move in with the youth pastor and his <laughs> wife 
They don't have any children. I'll be their one and only son. I'll be so good to them. And I could just change schools to a school out in Coquitlam. It's going to be all good, right? I just, it's, it's going to be so good. And as we got in the car and started driving, I realized that we weren't going to Coquitlam. We were going back to the North Shore. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I thought I was going to your house. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, Daniel, don't worry about it. I'm going to bring you back home. I'm going to return you home, and it's going to be okay. He said, don't worry about it. I'm going to return you home. It's like that verse from that old hymn, the king of love my shepherd is. Perverse and foolish oft I strayed, that was me, but yet in love he sought me. And on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Friends, this is who and this is what the good shepherd does. When we get lost, the good shepherd will stop at nothing to return us back home, to shove us back home. Because Jesus doesn't just love in word or speech, but he loves in action and in deed. Like my youth pastor, who brought me back home. I love what it says in 1 John 3. This is how we have come to know love. Jesus laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And I love what Jesus said in John 10. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Friends, this is love and this is how Jesus leads with love. He gave up his life so that we could have life. He gave up his life so that he could return us back home. He gave up his life so that we could return to God's original design to life as he originally meant it. Where we would have all that we need. That's what it says in Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Where we wouldn't need to worry because he's our shepherd. So friends, yes. Jesus leads us with love. But we also see in our next point that he leads with wisdom. Now if you were with us last week, uh, we talked about, I talked about how Jesus respects our decisions. Uh, that he doesn't force us in any way to make decisions. Just like a good shepherd doesn't force their sheep to lie down, doesn't make their sheep lie down. Jesus as our good shepherd doesn't, doesn't do that. He invites us. But ultimately, we're the ones who need to make our decisions because we have free will. We also need to deal with our consequences, but we have free will and we got to make our own decisions. Now, having said that, uh, maybe some of you last week or even now, as you're, if you're hearing this for the first time, you're like, okay, so does that mean that Jesus is careless? Like if I was going to enter into a, a, a place of danger or in a dangerous situation, wouldn't, if Jesus is a good shepherd, wouldn't he prevent me from hurting? Wouldn't he prevent me from getting sick? Wouldn't he prevent me from loss? And, and maybe, maybe you're thinking that. But remember, Jesus has given us free will. We all have free will. But having said that, Jesus isn't careless and absent-minded. You know, he's not like... Uh, a, a careless parent who might see their child in slow motion put their hand toward a moving blender because there's, there's whipping cream in there, right? And, and Jesus isn't a careless parent who sees this happening and is like, well, you know what? I could stop them, but 
wouldn't it be better if they learned their lesson with me here? I mean, yeah, if their finger gets chopped off, I mean, I could drive them to the hospital. We could stitch it back on. It'll be okay. We'll have like a, always a living reminder of what not to do. But it's probably better that I let them get hurt because at least I'm here, right? That's, friends, that's not who Jesus is. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus wants to protect us with his rod and his staff. He promises to guide us and protect us with his rod and his staff. So you know what? Jesus will warn the child of what's going to happen. He will get their attention and he'll be like, hey, hey, look here now. (laughs) He might even grab their hand or shake their shoulders. But even after all that, we know, right, the child could still choose to stick their finger in the blender. Why? Because the child has free will. And we have free will. And as much as Jesus wants to guide us and protect us and lead us with his rod and his staff, we, we have free will and we can still do whatever we want. But because he wants to guard and protect us, he'll always, with sufficient warning and leading, lead us along the right path. So that's what, it, that's what we're talking about here in Psalm 23.3. He leads me along the Not random paths, but the right paths. That's what this verse is talking about. He leads me along the right paths. Jesus knows that there is the path of the wise and the path of the wicked, the path of the righteous and the path of the unrighteous, the path of the oilers and the path of the... Sorry, I shouldn't go there, right? We're in off season. We already won the Battle of Alberta. Don't need to rub that in. Okay, so, but if we were to, you know, get back onto the path, right? Remember, because we have free will... We are ultimately the ones that are responsible for all the decisions we make and the paths that we take. But when we see ourselves as sheep and Jesus as our good shepherd, we see here that he will lead us. Jesus will lead us with wisdom. Now, how do we tap into that wisdom? Right here. This is how we tap into that wisdom. The wisdom of Jesus that will lead us along the right paths. Just consider what it says in Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. You know, I I love that image. A lamp on my feet and a light to my path. Imagine you're in pitch black darkness and you know you need to get from here to way over there. And and you don't don't see all the way over there because it's pitch black. but, But you have a lamp. You have an oil-lit lamp, and that's all you have. Uh, What can you see if you're standing in pitch black? It's what's right around you, right? And what this verse is saying is that the Word of God is like a light and a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path that doesn't show us all the way, but it shows us our very next step where we can do the next right thing and the next right thing, staying on the path that He lays out for us in His Word. That's how Jesus leads us with wisdom. He leads us through his word. The word of God will light up that right path, that very next step, and will prevent us from stumbling into ditches. And even if we do, Jesus, as a good shepherd, will rescue us, will return us. His word will guide us back. So friends, when we're people of the word, what I'm trying to say here is that when we're people of the word, we're people of wisdom. Because when we're people of the word, we will be building our house on the solid rock 
on firm foundation. Just consider what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. And it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. What this passage is saying is when we build our lives on the word of God, seeing ourselves as sheep and him as our shepherd, we will be able to withstand the hurricanes, the tornadoes, and the storms of life. It won't prevent them. Because that's not life, that's not real. But we'll be able to withstand them. And our foundation won't be shaken. You know, I I heard that if you were to ever travel around or, or wander around for a day in the Holy Land, kind of the open wilderness, uh, you might be able to pick out faint trails that had been trotted down for centuries by countless flocks of sheep. Now, I think most of us would miss it because we don't know what we're looking for, but shepherds, good shepherds, would actually be able to tell, would be able to see where these are, would be able to tell where they are, And would actually know which of these trails would lead to dead ends or to a cliff's edge. And which of these trails would lead to water. Quiet water. And green pastures. Well, in the same way, when we allow the wise leadership of Jesus to be our guide, the word of God to be our guide. And for his word to be a light onto our path and a lamp onto our feet. And we're going to find ourselves on that path that he leads us. And you know what? Even when we stray off course and have to deal with the consequences of our decisions, <laughs> friends, I'm so grateful that our, that, that our guilt, that Jesus' grace covers our guilt, and that his sacrifice covers our shame. So much so that he would, he promises to create beauty from the, the ashes of our mistakes. And also he promises to create beauty from the ashes of the mistakes that others have done to you. That you're, you've been on the receiving end of, that you've had to deal with. And he said he would redeem, he would restore, and he would make you whole. Oh, thanks be to God. Right? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, who not only wisely leads us with his loving forgiveness and his loving redemption, but who also leads us with integrity. And that's our third point. That Jesus, how does Jesus lead us? He leads us with integrity. Take a look at Psalm 23.3 again and see how it ends. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for what? For his namesake. For his namesake. I think back to the last few weeks. Why does Jesus shepherd us by respecting our decisions? Why does he do that? For his namesake. Why does Jesus shepherd us by providing us with all that we need? For his namesake. Why does Jesus shepherd us by leading us with his voice? 
for his namesake? Why does Jesus lead us with love? For his namesake. Why does Jesus lead us with wisdom? Through the word of God. For his namesake. Friends, that's what we call integrity. Integrity is being the same person at all times. Integrity is not about being one person in one situation and a whole other person in another situation where in one situation people know you as this and you're wearing a mask and and then when you're in another situation you're being a shapeshifter and you're a completely other person. No, in, in the dictionary integrity is defined as being, as the state of being whole or undivided. Integrity is, in a word, consistency. Now, when you think about it, uh, regular old shepherds are with their sheep for a whole lot of time, right? Which means it's them, their sheep, and no one else. So what, what that means is, you know, shepherds could be really good at telling stories about themselves when they return back to the village, right? And no one would know the difference because they're all by themselves, right? A shepherd could be so portray themselves as being so altruistic and courageous that they could come back to the village and be like, man, I got to tell you about this story when I saw this bear. Like this bear, it was the biggest bear that I ever found and it saw us and it was pounding way toward us and it grabbed the sheep right out and it was holding the sheep and it gave me this glare and I stood there and I looked right at its eyes and I was like, no, you don't. Not today, bear. And then I grabbed my rod and I grabbed my staff and I was like, Rawr! there's no way. And I just charged like Braveheart, like just went right up. Like, and, then, and then everyone in the village was like, oh my goodness, you did that. You're my hero. Like the shepherd could do that. And then in reality, if a bear comes charging, the, bear, the shepherd could be like, uh, you. <laughs> you you, you, okay, here, you eat that one. Let's go, guys. Come on. Peace. We got a truce here? Come on. Okay. Right? The shepherd could do that, right? And no one would know. No one would know because it's the shepherd, the sheep. Sheep don't talk, right? So shepherd, sheep, and I mean, there's no way that anyone would know. But, but friends, wh- shepherds could do that, but good shepherds don't do that. Why? Why don't good shepherds do that? Why would anyone in their right mind put their own lives at risk to save a sheep that is expendable. Because good shepherds, they're good. That's why they do that. The ultimate reason they would put their own lives at risk is because of their reputation. It's for their namesake that they would do such a thing. Now, by reputation, I'm not referring to fame or followers. I mean, that's not what good shepherds are concerned about. By reputation, I'm referring to, remember that word for integrity? Consistency. I'm talking about wholeness. The consistency of being the same person at all times, no matter who is watching. Good shepherds lead with integrity because they're good, because they're wise, because they're loving. Good shepherds don't put on a show. They don't worry about telling stories to this person or that person, or they don't want to talk so that they have great stories. No, good shepherds are good because that's genuinely who they are. They're consistent. Now, friends, if that's how good shepherds act, how much more true is that of Jesus who is the chief good shepherd? 
As we see in verse 3, Jesus renews our lives for, and he leads us along the right paths for his name's sake. For his name's sake means that Jesus leads and loves us the way he does because he's acting with integrity. Friends, this is who Jesus is. He is loving. You know, he, he doesn't love and lead us in this way so that we would owe him one later. Right? He's not like, hey, you know how many times I saved you? Like, I'll just, if you just do this one thing for me, I'll just, I'll just kind of wipe it all away. That's not, that's not what Jesus does. Jesus isn't a manipulative leader. He leads us. He loves us. He rescues us. He guides us. Not because we need to owe him something, but because that's just who he is. And no matter how many times we stray away from the path, no matter how many times we, he rescues us, he's not going to be like, well, I rescued you like ten times. I got other stuff to do. No, he will go once again. And he'll go and rescue you over and over and over again. Why? Because he loves you. Because that's just who he is. In fact, Jesus doesn't just love us. He is love. First John 4, and we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Right? What does it say here? God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In other words, friends, Jesus, he can't not love. I know, double negatives, we don't really like him, but Jesus can't not love. He can't not lead us in this way because he is love. This is his character. This is his nature. This is what it means to lead with integrity. So my dear brothers and sisters, how does Jesus lead us? Right? That's the question that we we're addressing today, right? How does Jesus lead us? And we learn today that he leads us with love, wisdom, and integrity. So if you read Psalm 23, 3, he leads me along the right paths. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. When we read this verse, what we need to see here is that this is how Jesus leads us. He leads us with his love, wisdom, and integrity. Now, you know what? Uh, It would make a lot of sense if we were just to end the message right here, right now, and be like, well, you know what, guys? Uh, because Jesus leads us with love, wisdom, and integrity, uh, we ought to also lead with love, wisdom, and integrity, right? And you know what? If, if I end, ended the message right there, that would be okay. It would be true because Jesus is a servant leader, and we all lead in some areas of life over others. And I mean, wouldn't it be good if, there, if we led in our homes with a little bit more love, wisdom, and integrity? Right? Like, imagine, imagine if your children had a little bit more love, wisdom, and integrity. Right? Or if your parents had a little bit more love, wisdom, and integrity. I mean, their family dynamic would probably be different, wouldn't it? But what about at work? If your boss led you with a little bit more love, wisdom, and integrity. I mean, imagine how different your workplace might look. Right, or if in all your relationships and everywhere you went, your school, if your friends had more love, wisdom, and integrity, like imagine what life would be like. And you know, if I ended the message right there, that would be okay, because I think we all need a little bit more love, wisdom, and integrity in our life. But here's the thing, if, if we ended the message there, we would actually miss the entire point of Psalm 23. 
we'd actually miss the entire, while that's good advice, we'd actually miss the entire point of what Jesus is trying to say to us here. The fact of the matter, friends, is that Jesus leads with love, wisdom, and integrity. So our response is that we should follow his lead. That's the application today. That we would see ourselves as sheep following the wise, loving, and consistent shepherd, Jesus. That we would see ourselves as disciples following this wise, loving, and consistent shepherd. That we are sheep and he is our shepherd. That's where we need to land. So my dear brothers and sisters, may we be a people, may we be a church family that follows Jesus as he leads us with love, wisdom, and integrity. And as he leads us in this way, may we rest in his work. And may we recognize that our relationship with Jesus, it starts with the word done, not with the word do. Because of the sacrificial love of Jesus, each and every one of us are invited into a relationship with him. Because Jesus died on the cross and bore the punishment for our sins. And then by doing that, defeated all sin and death by resurrecting from the grave. Jesus, our sacrificial lamb and our good shepherd promises to lead us to the springs of waters of life. And wipe away every tear from our eyes. Friends, Jesus, our good shepherd, our chief good shepherd, was the sacrificial lamb who gave up his life so that we could experience abundant life. Not just for eternity, but starting now. Friends, this is Jesus, this is our king, and this is who we are following as he leads us with integrity.